Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend our time on this program telling the stories of our church by interviewing our members, and sometimes we focus on special events or have a special emphasis for the week. We'd, of course, invite you to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. There are two services at 50% capacity in the auditorium, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. More on that this week, and there are details, specific details, on hbcguam.org. You can go there right on the homepage, hbcguam.org. This week, we're beginning a series on Elijah in our Sunday morning service. Have you seen the power of God lately? It'll be from 1 Kings chapter 17. Today on Harvest Time, let's begin by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Well, hop a day, Chris. We had a great time this last Sunday, the first time regathering again after 10 weeks of live stream. In fact, 10 weeks doesn't even sound as bad as two and a half months, at least to me. It felt like a long time, and it was a long time that our church family did not have the opportunity to physically gather together. We gathered in a lot of other ways, and it was sweet to watch the church continue to be the church during that season, but it was incredibly sweet to be back together with a lot of the church family, and we've tried to do some things to be cautious about protection and safety measures, and again, all that information is on the website, like you just said. But we would invite people to join us again this Sunday at 9 a.m., and then the same service at 11 a.m., and you can come to either one. We have our church family kind of divided up into different groups, but you're welcome to come to either one of them. And we're going to be looking at a new series. We start off a summer series, kicking it off this summer. We spent the whole last year in the book of Acts working through just the formation of God's church, the New Testament church there, which has been, I I feel like, just a real awesome study for us. This will be the second summer we're going to do to annually do a life story, character story from the Bible. I really enjoy that. So many principles that we learn watching and, and discovering from some of the heroes of the Bible. So I'd like to do that again, and, and we're going to do it in the summer again. So we're going to start off this Sunday with a summer series on the life of Elijah. Chris mentioned out of 1 Kings chapter 17, but the theme, sort of the series title, Have You Seen the Power of God Lately? I'm really taking out of 2 Kings chapter 2, and we'll tell this story as we begin, but it's the story of Elisha, who was mentored by Elijah. And if you know the story of 2 Kings 2, it's when Elijah gets goes up to heaven in the fiery chariot, and Elisha is left there, and he leaves, and he gets ready to cross back over the river that he just came through with Elijah. And as he stands there, and he asks this question in verse 14, he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And I think it's such a poignant question that Elisha was asking, I've watched what God did, these miraculous things that God did in the life of my mentor, Elijah. And then Elisha says, am I going to be able to experience the same kinds of things, the same power of God, the same blessing of God? Is the same God going to work in my life in the same way that he did in Elijah's life? So what I want to do is I want to take that question and then back up into the life of Elijah and just look at the amazing things that God did, the the incredible power that he showed through Elijah's life, and then ask the question for us, 
is the same God wanting to do those kinds of things in our lives? And what does that look like? So week number one in the series, have you seen the power of God lately? And we'd invite you to be a part of us as we gather together this Sunday at 9 and 11. Well, I'm really happy to have Bethany Taylor uh, with us on Harvest Time. Welcome, Bethany. Thank you so much, Pastor, for having me. You bet. If you're a regular listener of Harvest Time, you know you've heard Bethany's voice a number of times as she tells the story of some of the burdens that God's placed on both her life and her husband Josh's life and their whole family. Bethany is executive director of Harvest House, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But we're, she's here today specifically because May is, or was, I guess, <laughs> we're right on the end of it, but is Foster Care Awareness Month. Bethany, can you just tell us what that means and maybe some of the impact that it had on our ministry? Right. So May is National Foster Care Month, and I think it's a beautiful month to definitely give awareness to all the foster community on Guam. So first of all, the foster parents who sacrifice every day to say yes to the children that are abused, abandoned, or neglected. And they are then the front lines of taking in those children. And we also take time to talk about the CPS workers, the social workers who are on the front lines of going to the abuse situations, investigating, and then pulling those children out of traumatized situations, and then giving them the right place to live and to be taken care of until they go back to their home. Let's talk about that a little bit, Bethany, the need for foster care on Guam. And then I'd like to lead from that to, for some, maybe Harvest House is a new idea. So let's talk about the need first and then talk about how God's raised up this ministry. Uh, There's definitely a need on Guam. There's actually over now 300 foster children on Guam, which is really startling. When Josh and I became foster parents 11 years ago, we were less than 100 kids in Mm. the system. So you can see over the years how it has grown. That's just in the last 10 years. Just in the last 10 years. Mm. 10 years ago when we began, Josh and I were one of 10 foster families on Guam. Mm. And now we're um, about 40 foster families on Guam. This is maybe a tough question, Bethany, but in your conversations with CPS, others that are caring about this need on the island, is there a sense of what that's stemming from? Is there maybe more awareness of children in difficult situations? Or do you think the you know family structures are becoming more difficult on the island? Any, any idea about that? Uh, it's hard for me to be the judge on that. Sure. Because, and I want to be careful in how I put that. Because yeah. in our situation alone, my husband and I have taken in 40 kids over the lifetime of of 10 years. And they all come from different kinds of abuse situations. I do know that of the many calls that I get as a director of, of Harvest House from Child Protective Services, many of them are from drug related homes, poverty, and incarceration. I would say those are the three really big issues on Guam right now. And children suffer because of it. So you said right now over 300 children. These aren't new facts to people around Harvest, but they might be new to some of our listeners. 300 children in this system, CPS system, but you said only 40 foster families. I mean, that doesn't add up. No, it never does. (laughs) So we're always, that's one of a big mission of Harvest House is to recruit good 
stable, loving Christian foster families. We really need to come alongside these children that are abused and abandoned. They need homes. So we do actually offer, there is on the island two shelters, Sanctuary and Ollie Shelter, and they do a lot in caring for our abused children, especially those emergency place children. Sadly, many of those emergency place situations should just be emergency placements, Mm -hmm. but they end up staying years at the shelter because there's no home for those kids to go to. And the children are all different ages, right? Yeah, we have newborns up to 18-year-olds. And tragically, a lot of people think, oh, everybody will take the babies. But honestly, we need people to take newborns all the time. Because of the drug pandemic on Guam, the drug addiction is just so severe. A lot of our newborns need a good, safe environment to go to while their parents go through drug rehab. And we'll come back to this at the end, but but maybe if we only cut somebody for a little bit of time, if somebody is hearing just that piece right now and says, boy, how could I be involved? You know, kind of give us the head start. We'll come back to it at the sure. end. Sure. Wow. The easiest thing to do is start out getting an application from Harvest House, or I can email one to you. Look through the application to make sure you can fulfill that that part of it because that's a big duty then you have to get a home study and a court clearance and a police clearance and a doctor's clearance stating that you can take care of a child you'll turn all that into child protective services and they will actually be the ones to license you then you will be on that list of the 40 licensed foster families and when there is a crisis situation CPS will then call Harvest House, will shower the children, get them all ready, and then they will call the listings of those 40 families and see who can take in that child. So if you're one of the licensed homes, you can be one of the ones that say yes to those kids. Let's back up and talk about what is Harvest House? I mean, how did it start? What's going on? Yeah, Harvest House is helping Guam's foster community. That's a short little motto we have going on. But In general, we just want to give our foster children a safe environment for them to come to, to get physical help, spiritual encouragement, and a loving environment to do that in. So we're going to physically clothe them and get them all the essentials they will need into their new environment, whether they go to a shelter, a relative home, or a foster placement. And um, we'll service wherever that child ends up. So every month that family can come and keep shopping as the child grows or in whatever, so they might need more diapers or whatever. Yeah. So, so shopping means the, you know, some of the basic necessities right. that they might need, like what kind of stuff? Diapers, wipes, sure. clothes, shoes, toothpaste, toothbrush, shampoo, conditioner, soap, deodorant, wherever that child is. And in the basic hygiene essentials, we also try to do family home essentials like Dish soap, laundry soap, hand soap, that kind of things, hand towels and bath towels. And then for the child, we try to do backpacks, school supplies, and clothing and shoes are the main, and toys. So every child gets a few toys to take home to mm-hmm. their new environment. It's really a cool ministry, and God has done such amazing things over the last 10 years. And it's also you know, heartbreaking in some ways, right? And that's sort of some of the burden that the ministry began with, right? Right. You know, 10 years ago when my husband and I became foster parents, I can remember that first time getting our first foster child and 
it's first just really scary because right. it's very unknown. You don't know what this what this is going to require of you as a foster parent. And I, when you talked about being foster parent, what the requirements are, well, that's just like the physical requirements. Right. There's so much more spiritual and heart and family issues. You really got to think through how this is going to affect you and your family and your community and your church, all these things that you do as you take in a foster child. But I just remember that being a really just drastic change in our life of taking in this really a stranger. It's what we call in the Bible, true hospitality. Mm -hmm. You're really bringing in someone and you're just trying to show them all the love that you can have them be a part of your home, but you got to provide physically and spiritually and emotionally for this child. And it's very overwhelming. Plus you're working with a system with Child Protective Services and the court system and the biological parents, you're working with a whole nother community of people that you're bringing in to better this child. And so it just takes a lot. And we, we as Harvest House, 10 years ago, there was nothing like that. Josh and I, we, we got a child and we were like calling our upstairs neighbors and our side neighbors and our church neighbors and saying, you know, is there anything you could do to help clothe our new two-year-old? And we have nothing to give this little guy. And so... That's kind of how it all started. And then we realized if we're suffering, we're hurting, we're, we're trying always to ask people, there's got to be a lot of other foster families in our boat that just need a little help. And I, I felt like our community was very unaware of the brokenness as well as how to help solve the problem. So I'm so thankful Harvest House became you know rooted and became that ministry out of Harvest Church and now we're in a standalone nonprofit to really allow the community and the church to really serve and come alongside and care for the orphan everybody can now do a part in caring for them yeah you mentioned the brokenness you know we we live in such a broken world and we know that more so than ever you know right now in our you know just very current circumstances going on in our world and in our in our nation and a lot of times people feel like what can I do how can I help and there's many things that we do feel sort of helpless with I'm not sure that that should ever be used in, as an excuse but the broken theme sure fits along here in in an, on a lot of different ways I mean it's caring for and trying to help broken families and it's dealing with the brokenness of choices and decisions that impact people. And then on a very specific on the ground level, you get children, they have broken hearts, confused. Maybe for a lot of them, it's been just sort of a very fresh thing that happened. All of a sudden, you know, they're out of mom and dad's home mm -hmm. for any number of reasons. And there's trauma that's gone into that. Mm -hmm. And then for others, they've maybe been in this cycle for a long time and they're mm -hmm. just broken and, mm -hmm. and worn out. And this is what God's called us to be. And the gospel is a healing salve. It's an old English word, a balm, mm -hmm. you know, it just has this idea mm -hmm. of soothing. And so in this area, we're able to do that. And it's mm -hmm. pretty cool to see mm -hmm. the things that God's allowing the ministry to do. Tell me about COVID-19 and, mm -hmm. you know, it's affected everybody and we're, you know, we're just talking that I don't know if we're on the backside of it or whether it's a little calm in the storm and there's more to come. Nobody knows that, but I know that it's affected Harvest House. Yeah, so it definitely affects the foster family in general. For one, we have to do Skype or Zoom meetings to do any courtroom settings and our children really have been delayed in their 
meeting with the court. So like many of our children were going up for permanency and um, all those things were delayed. So mm. that's a real struggle for our families and for our children that are stuck in the system a little longer. But, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot before. It kind of actually slowed down a little bit, COVID-19. And that was actually scary to us because if you really look at child abuse, you it all comes because people report child abuse. Right. And so if you lack, you don't have teachers, you don't have the kids going to public places, there's a lack of, of reporting. So actually there was a lack of reporting. But I think now that as we're later, 10 weeks down, now we're all of a sudden seeing a, quite a big influx mm-hmm. coming in of cases. And um, I know working with Child Protective Services, we are just in that desperate mode again of we need families really badly to take in these kids. And definitely you see a lot of poverty situations too. I mean, it's definitely affecting our poverty and our culture of, of being able to provide for our mm-hmm. children. So that is also one thing for Harvest House. We have been able to get quite a bit of donations in. We're just trying to get it the best. We're trying to um, help solve the problem the best we can and help meet the needs, whether they're foster families. Sometimes we can help the biological family before it becomes a, a bad situation. Sometimes we're helping Child Protective Services reach a family as well. So they'll, they'll refer a client to us. Yeah, so it's been a, a little bit different. A little but, bit different. <laughs> but the need, uh, needs, obviously, they don't go away. And I... Mm-hmm. It makes sense that some of them would be escalating even at this season. I mean, we just see an escalation of a lot of mm-hmm. things happening, you know, right now after a number of months of, of people just being out of sorts and uncertain about what the future looks like. Mm-hmm. What about this summer? What's what's in the horizon for summer ministry at Harvest House? Are there any specific projects that people can help with or pray about? Yeah, we're just looking uh, for uh, donations to come in to fill our people's needs. We want to make sure we can always meet those basic needs of basic hygiene essentials and household essentials and clothing and shoes. And we actually have some great uh, staff that is going through all those donations, sorting them, cleaning them, making sure they're all appropriate and ready to give out to our families. Is there any specific areas that are like lacking right now in the um, category? Or? Pretty much. We're really low on a lot of things. Okay. So we're just really at a time where we're doing a lot of... The biggest thing is car seats. I had two infants need be placed last week and I had no car seats for them. So <clears throat> we're, we're out of car seats at the moment. So I've been really researching, trying to get those in. Every child has to have a car seat and we supply that usually. But one of the things I really want to mention too as we look forward to the end of the summer is our back to school, which I know that's kind of a ways away, but as a as summer approaches, I want our families to think about getting a backpack full of essentials, full of back back to school event stuff and be able to service at least one foster child in the community. If we can get 300 backpacks full of back to school things, that would be really helpful as we serve the community in that way because the foster kids really enjoy that, yeah. getting ready for the school year. <clears throat> Anything that you'd be able to tell us that would be a current, recent story, mm-hmm. need that, I know there's certain things that you're not able to say you know, in a public venue like this, but anything that would kind of just encourage us or challenge yeah. us, maybe? I mean, well, I can actually report one story just because it was already in the news. You know, the unfortunate thing is we are held a confidentiality. We have right. a lot of confidentiality, so we cannot report. And if people saw the story that they saw in the newspaper last week of the four abandoned children that were in that very sad-looking shack, right. and they thought, wow, what if every foster child came from 
almost or half even came from that kind of environment, it would be right on. I mean, I can't tell you how many calls I've gotten of my children coming from 10 by 10 foot shacks full of debris, full of dirty diapers, no food in the house and come from complete starvation. And they're living in the hospital for a week just trying to live, just to try to gain enough strength to live because of starvation. That is actually a very real scene that is happening on our on our island that if we are in our communities and in our little circle, sometimes we would never even know that that would happen on our island. Mm-hmm. And the truth is it does. And CPS just cannot go and put it in the newspaper every time and say, oh, we had another one. And every child that is placed in the paper gets a lot of calls. We get a lot of publicity about it. And I just think, wow, if they only knew about this one yesterday, Mm -hmm. or if they knew that one last week, because that one was, you know, eaten by rats or had scars on his body all over or was beaten to death. Like there's just so much really severe cases that our kids come from. And I want to make sure that Every story is told, but in an appropriate way. We, we need to make sure that if our hearts are stirred with compassion to meet those four kids that were mentioned in the paper, that we have the same kind of compassion looking forward to the 300 kids. They have either come from that kind of abuse or they have suffered some kind of trauma in their life. We want to be that kind of spiritual encouragement to them, that kind of lift of their spirit. We want to give them good memories and want to provide physically for them and not have them feel that hardship anymore. That media story in particular mentioned Harvest House. I think that's the right one. But really, as you're saying, that same process happens each time. Children come from difficult homes. Mm. CPS will bring them immediately to Harvest House, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, right from that situation to hopefully care for them, give them Mm -hmm. some love and help in the identification of some place to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just can't imagine a a child living in that kind of condition. I, every time my husband and I just looked at the picture and we just, yeah, that's reality for us. That's reality for our kids. And we just try to give them better. And the sweet part, it's hard to picture or give the right kind of picture of foster care because there's so much hurt and so much trauma and so much hardship, even as a foster parent. But the beautiful picture of is seeing the restoration involved Mm -hmm. and seeing them change and seeing them be in a, 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 a sweet environment. You know, I even think of all the the hardship around our world right now. And I, I looked at that and I was trying to talk to my kids about it. I, I have Chukis, Palauan, and Chamorro in my home. And I looked up at a picture of all of us wrapped around a, a dining table and we were praying over our food. And I, I asked my little six-year-old Chamorro and I said, do we all look the same? And he goes, yep. We're all praying to Jesus. And I thought, what a sweet little picture of their humility and their childlike faith. And we can all just be wrapped up in giving them Jesus, the true gift of salvation and true gift of love, because we're so imperfect, our human, we're human, and we're just going to fail so short of that. And I hope we can give them a demonstration of Christ's love. It's a beautiful story, Bethany. I'm thankful for the work that God's done in Josh and your hearts and the way that he's allowed you to be able to express that 
burden to many other people, impacted many, many families. And, uh, you know, Harvest, Harvest Baptist Church, Harvest Ministries is passionate about this idea of caring for these needy, most needy and vulnerable. And we also recognize that our responsibility is also to to lift up families. And there might be somebody listening today that you're maybe identifying in a number of different ways with this. It might be that you're identifying in some ways that I'd like to help, but there might be some that are saying, man, my, I'm living in some brokenness right now and I, and I need some help with my family and I need some help with my children. And there's some struggles that we're going through. We really believe that God's word has answers to brokenness. Mm-hmm. So in the same thing that we talk about um, helping broken children, this is what God does for us. He's a healer. So we'd invite anybody that's listening and maybe just feeling some of that brokenness, even if we can help you with you and your family and, and your children, we'd love for you to call, connect on our website. And of course, if you are burdened and would like to help out with uh, Harvest House, how can we get a hold of Harvest House? 300 life Okay. Very good. Thanks, Bethany. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. i just give you one additional detail about Harvest House. If you want to go to their website, they have a variety of ways there to connect with them. That's at harvesthouseguam.org, harvesthouseguam.org. Of course, at this time, we'd always like to invite you to services at Harvest Baptist Church. Maybe you're one of those that pastor was talking about this morning and there's some brokenness and there's some hurting. We do have 50% capacity availability at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at Harvest. All the details about safety and different things on our website, hbcguam.org. Hopefully we'll be able to answer your questions at hbcguam.org. We're beginning a new series this week. Have you seen the power of God lately from 1 Kings 17? Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.